You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of oh shit meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. Welcome to the edge. Boom. I don't usually say that. We just go right in. I have oh. like an intro pre-recorded. I'm not that professional. <laughs> I do my own intro. I know. I like it. So what do you want to talk about? Well, the first thing that popped up, because I suddenly was like, oh my God, we have to have ideas. Um, but I don't know that that's necessarily where we want to start. But I'll, I'll put it into the space and we'll see if, we, if there's any thing that wants to be said about it but we were having a conversation it wasn't right when you pressed record but earlier about uh being erotic versus being what was the word you horny we use the word horny Mm -hmm. like what the difference between those two are Mm -hmm. so that's the seed that's what we're going with i don't know i you asked me if i have anything that's that's the one i've got at the so how does it feel different to you because you were saying that you generally you don't experience horniness. Yeah, experience I hate that word too. Inspiration. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, horny to me as a word also just makes me think of a very young teenage boy. Or like you've got a mosquito bite. Yeah, like and an itch and and it, scratch it. Even the word horny, like if you think about horns, and now you you're horny like it, there's this very aggressive pointy energy yeah like energy to it um so i think that's what comes up in my system around horniness but also like when i think about horny i think about an an experience or a like a state that people have where they need to like fix it or release it. Or release it. Or relieve or it. Relieve it. Uh, sneeze it out. <laughs> yeah, that's ultimately what I... Yeah. For me, energetically speaking, horniness, I understand that as a deficiency mm. of energy. Whereas if a person is full, they're going to be responsive and available mm. to, to sexual energy or to arousal. But yeah. it's like you're full, so you're not hungry. There's not a need for it for relief. Mm. Um yeah. That and that takes us to eros, which is, is life force, which is the erotic is from the word eros. And so here we are. If you are full of life force, you're full, you're not deficient. Mm-hmm. So they are in fact maybe even opposites. Complete opposites. Yeah. Because one is needing something to be mm. relieved and the other is wanting to share something. Oh, that's cool. I like that frame. For me, Eros is like it's coming from an overflow. It's like a celebration of the yeah. overflow where it's horny is what can I get? What can I siphon? Ooh, yes. Extraction, siphoning. All the things that we're doing. I'm going to take a left turn here, but bear with me. Uh, just all the things we're doing to the earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like there's 
Yeah, but it's true. Yeah, there's like a collective energy of that. Mm-hmm. And the antidote and the medicine to not just our own state, but the state of the earth and the state of our home, which is our bodies and the earth, is to fill up with more life force. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. But yeah, I think that, you know, the experience of, of being in an erotic state to me feels, it's going to be different, you know, for obviously a woman and a man, but like for a woman, it will often express as like, like a vibrancy and an expression and a like responsiveness, like you were saying earlier and a else like there's just this like I keep seeing like the movement like it's sort of like undulation is how I see it I experience it from a woman as pulsation Mm. there's a throbbing that starts to come up through the channels Mm -hmm. to the center line of the body and and there's like a percolation it's like water boiling okay Yes, I feel pulsing. <laughs> yes, I feel it. Yeah, I think I'm so curious to hear what's the man's experience. So I know you you shared the experience of a woman as a man, but how does it feel like to be erotic in the male body? Firm, uh, focused, mm. hyper alert. And then there's different levels of it. For me, that's that's the beginning of the penetration. That's the beginning of the penetrative energy that starts to wake up. There's like a, a grounding down through the legs that then comes back up and firmness starts to come in and uprightness starts to come through. Yeah. And from that point, depending on the man's integration of his, I guess his masculine and feminine, for use of better words, it's if he can move into receptivity in certain poles of his body, he can mm-hmm. start to ride waves like her, but in a way where externally he's still quite still, rather mm-hmm. than flapping like a fish. But the, <laughs> the issue is that, that most men tend to get very identified with the feminine experience during sex. So then he starts to take on a lot of those movements and sometimes those sounds and can be quite goal-orientated as well. Mm. which is not actually feminine it's just more distorted Mm. versions of that energy yeah it goes back to the siphoning yeah and then he wants to release and come and Mm. ejaculate and and he's chasing then he starts to chase an experience which means he completely loses contact with the woman that he's attempting to be in connection with okay i i can really feel that i'm trying to think also like i'm asking myself in my head that question I just asked you which is like as a woman how do I experience a man in his erotic versus in his horniness mm-hmm. and I will say I get a lot of clients coming and talking to me about this where they often will think that there's something wrong with them and I know I've had that experience in my life where I'm like oh is it me why am I not opening or why is this not pleasurable or why do I suddenly feel disconnected or why you know and I see that in a lot of women and they're coming to me and asking me like what's actually happening there's this feminine instinct of something's a little off or there's a moment where I notice a shift 
or there's something about this particular partner or person that I'm interacting with that feels off. And when we sit down and, and, and we pull apart the threads, it often is connected to that distinction between feeling like, oh, there's someone trying to extract from me mm-hmm. and siphon and pull because mm-hmm. they need something. And then someone who's there just having an experience with me, mm-hmm. which is very different. Like I'm just here, I'm present. Um, I'm penetrating you with my presence, whether I'm actually penetrating you or not, it doesn't matter. But you know, like you mean from the male perspective? Yeah, that that's like the erotic. That's the experience of the erotic male. Mm-hmm. Is you're here, you're with me. We're in an experience together. I feel you present and attuned. I'm not feeling the siphoning. The siphoning is when it turns into the horny. Mm-hmm archetype for me that feels like the first stage Mm. of a man's development and then after that if he stays in his own presence work then his eroticism just becomes nothingness so when he plugs in and when he penetrates and when he makes contact now he's essentially there as i mean to get deep for a second as a vessel for God, or mm. a vessel for source. So he starts to be a channel, like a conduit of listening to the energy moving through him in response to her. Mm. And then also listening very deeply to how she's responding to him. So there's just like a, an overall watching and a containment. I feel that's that's present where there's a certain level of holding in him. And now he needs to be able to learn to balance the holding uh, with feeling so he's not going so into the holding that he starts to disconnect and and not feel his heart or other parts of his his experience so it's for me it's always a line because then if he goes too deeply into heart or feeling well now the experience will will snatch him from himself Mm. and then he'll either be pulled into ejaculation or he'll he'll be overcome by that energy so and that's one thing that i see working with men in semen retention or speaking to women who are with men who are attempting to practice semen retention, Mm. where sometimes there's a very heavy leaning on the control aspect of his experience, which means that she feels disconnected from. And how, how can a man be in this whole experience without the control because it sounds like the control comes in with a purpose yes well the, the control that comes up in sex is going to be relative it's going to be like a magnifying glass to the rest of his life mm-hmm. and where he is controlling in his life especially around his own self-worth his value system how he feels he needs to behave in the world to be like a good strong man just to use that very, you can put your elbow there. Yeah. The table will not fall over. Um, but yeah, I just feel that sex is a magnifying glass for how a person does everything. Yeah. Like all of that will show up in sex. So a huge part for men is if he's allowing himself to learn how to surrender to parts of himself internally because no man should ever be expecting a woman to be able to open or surrender with him there if he's not opening or surrendering to something in himself Mm. otherwise he won't be trustable in what he does with that opening and surrendering 
So for women, I would always urge you to, to, to be aware of, well, what has this man in his own life actually moved into some form of, of uh, surrender, not even surrender, but just following. What's this man following? What is his goal here? What is his mission here? And what's leading him? What's leading his behaviors, his movements? Is it about what he can get? Is it about what he's here to bring? Is he being led by, I don't know, some coach or some guru or some sports team? Or is he being led by his ability to feel what moves through him? Mm. Does he question everything that moves through him? Like there's so many little nuanced pieces that I feel make up the whole. But what, what it comes down to ultimately in everything I'm saying is that a man who does not prioritize being is going to be led by insanity. And then he's going to be plugging that insanity into the women that he's engaging with. Beingness is the quickest way to internal wisdom for a man's experience. Yeah. And if he's not prioritizing that, uh, I would say that it's not so trustable in many regards. Beingness is the antidote to insanity. What's your definition of insanity? Can you say conditioning? Say more? being conditioned mm. by mm -hmm. all of the siphoning around us collectively from right. internet social media technology companies big pharma like all every type of corporate structure that is here to essentially extract from us by convincing us that we're not enough already yeah um bigotry lies mm. you know all these different aspects of conditioning for me that is insanity a person's inability to to sit comfortably inside of their own skin and not be bouncing off the walls in that experience, mm. that would be a form of sanity for me. Wow, there's so many pieces here. I'm trying to trying to feel into where else I have some questions. I guess what I want to put myself in the shoes of a woman listening. And she's like, okay, so I heard on this podcast that I need to check in and see, like, is my man surrendering? And I know you said you that wasn't the best word, but mm -hmm. like sort of feeling, like allowing himself to feel and, and move or be moved by his... Another way to say this is, does the man I'm with, does he have a certain level of spaciousness in his own life that he prioritizes where he can contemplate his own existence, mm. where he can question things that are happening around him, where he can question his behaviors, where he can examine his motivations for certain behaviors and certain desires. That's, right. I guess, a more practical way okay. of saying it. If the man is just go, 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 go from his phone to the computer, to right. his job, to the hobby to the men's group to the if there's just that and there's no ability for him to just be and purge mm. just so his mind can purge a little bit so he can start to feel his feet on the ground if that's not present i would say that that's that would be concerning yeah hi love just wanted to take a moment out of this conversation to let you know there are so many ways to start your embodiment and intimacy journey it is not necessarily having to work privately in a coaching container with me. There is a whole page on NadiaMunla.com under the tab self-study that is dedicated to 
anyone who's looking to just start their journey. So whether it's an embody at home class that you want to start to bring into your morning or evening routine to just move the energy to explore your different feminine archetypes, or maybe it's something in the world of intimacy and sexuality. I've got master classes from everything around energetic sex to exploring monogamish type relationships and lots, lots more. So definitely go take a look at the page, nadiamala.com, and then go to the tab that's self-study. And for those of you who are here on this podcast listening, I've gotten so many DMs from beautiful devoted listeners sharing with me how much of an impact these conversations have had and I really just wanted to give back the love with a special 50% off code so if you go to the checkout on any of the classes that are there and you put in podcast love all one word in the coupon code on the check on the way out, right? You will get that 50% off as a thank you from me. I am so fired up around the topic of embodiment and intimacy that I can't not nudge you in the direction of actually getting into the practices and that is the place to start. So definitely go check that out. And of course, if you do want to work privately with me, always, that is always an option. Just shoot me an email, Nadia at NadiaMunla.com. Let me know what you're looking for, everything from, you can start with a single session. And if you let me know you're from the podcast, I'll give you 50% off on that single session as well. And so we can talk more about that over email. So either DM me at NadiaMunla.com on Instagram or shoot me an email, Nadia at NadiaMunla.com. I will see you there. Now back to the episode. Because he's he's caught up himself and now she's with a man who is completely controlled. Yeah, so in a way she's now experiencing the collective, not him. Yes. Through she's experiencing that through exactly him. because he's not even experiencing him. Right. Because he's too afraid to slow down to feel him. So no, he's never bringing him to her. He's bringing the collective to the her. The chaotic world of Instagram. Yeah, which is is what she's been and has been so mishandled by. And then she's like, but why does it hurt? <laughs> it's like, well. And I also want to say there's no perfection in this. Like, there's no perfect version oh, yeah. of this. Like, the man will go in and out of that uh, consistently and continuously. Mm. But just making sure that there's at least some glimmer in this man's eye, like there's a little flicker of yeah. life force that, you know, he is inquiring. Um, and then for you as a woman, I guess the question... I was going to ask that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'm not actually going to answer what you were going to ask, but what I was going to say is for her as a woman, can she then choose that regardless of where this man is in his process, in his journey... If I'm here with him, am I willing to love him exactly where he is and not have this like fantasy version of where she would want him to be? Because mm-hmm. I feel the polarity world does a lot of that fucking distorted what a man needs to be, what a woman needs to be. And it becomes more about what can I get from this other person or what they're not giving me. Yeah. But I think a huge part of, I guess, the compassion and the understanding and the care is well if i'm going to be here can i love this person as fully as possible exactly where they're at mm-hmm. um, 
Well, in the polarity world, at least the lineage I learned from, there also is the flip side, which is you should go first, be generous, like give your love before, you know, your love can then start to inspire the other person into their potential and their, you know, and possibility. And so I think that with any type of work to any you know, body of work or, or like philosophy, people will take what they want from it and leave the rest. Totally. And they will, and of course it's way more convenient to be like, oh, I like the part where I take something and where I have high expectations of the other person. And so I'm going to just like, and it's not conscious, right? But a lot of people are just taking those teachings. But what mm-hmm. about the teaching of, no, you need to go first. You, it's important, you know, for you to be in this energy of love and generosity and working on yourself in order to evoke more consciousness and mindfulness out of your partner. Yes. If and they're ready, obviously. Totally. And it's like, that's also part of the teaching. So I think sometimes what I get upset about is like, we're throwing away what, you know, how they say the baby with the bathwater, which mm-hmm. is such a weird saying. Like yeah, it's who, very, uh, we have a lot of weird sayings, like also two birds with one stone. It's very violent. Why are we trying to kill birds? With well, I don't know why. I'm not sure. <laughs> this is before Christ. Yeah. So, but, but this idea of like throwing it all out, it's like, no, I actually like my life changed and my relating hugely upgraded through a lot of polarity work. And I see the distorted way in which people then take it and create these uh, convenient stories of, oh, well, he's not conscious enough or she's not open and receptive enough. Or mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, you guys, like you're just being lazy. Mm-hmm. You're not going first. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did have a question that I thought you were gonna go into, but you were right. You actually went in a slightly different direction, which is, I wanted to ask about the woman's side. So what we talked about what the men can do if they are going into more siphoning energy or less consciousness, what can the women do when they're experiencing nonstop horniness? <laughs> because I, I mean, there's a lot of people that mm-hmm. also I, I speak to and um, who, yeah, just feel that feel the constant, mm-hmm. like must have sex all the time. And, I get really curious. Like I actually do not have like a theory or an answer or a judgment Mm -hmm. about it, but I do wonder sometimes I'm like, Oh, is it just different systems? You know, we have different levels of hormones. We all operate differently. We have different libidos or is it an energy? I feel that most women in like our societies and the Western world especially, have learned sex through men who have learned sex through porn. Mm -hmm. So the whole frequency that sex and her sex has been wrapped up into is Mm -hmm. deeply distorted. And a lot of it is driven towards her performance, Mm -hmm. that she has to look a certain way or be a certain way. So within that dynamic already, she's having to turn her back on her own innate way of being so deeply that this creates agitation and frustration internally. This agitation and frustration, when it starts to touch up against sexual energy, now needs relief. It needs to be expressed in a way that is almost self-harming, right? There's like an abusive, masochistic streak to it that can be really rooted in that horniness. 
especially if this woman has only ever known her sexuality through, let's say, her clitoris mm. or through very hard, uh, forceful, fast types of sex. Oh, my God, I can just hear the people on the Internet, <laughs> especially like the sex coaches and like, you know, all the like orgasmic meditation clit business and mm -hmm. all that stuff being like taking the sound bite and being like, Chris Bill, Nadia Mamasa, blah, blah, blah. Um, because well i'm curious well i know of course the internet is well is i i didn't thing. i didn't finish what i was oh i'm sorry i didn't mean I to i just was like if there's a point that you have exactly on what because i i just don't want to lose the no no the keep rhythm. going if, if you still have the thought go for it yeah the horniness for me is just the 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 impatience like what i've learned the most about feminine energy and even just to make it clearer not just feminine energy but just a woman's energetic system yeah. is that the deepest most nourishing aspects of her can only start to swell up to the surface through patience if she's there to try to get something or if she feels she's there to perform for something that's going to have her be in a very kind of peak driven experience which then also will default to creating more horniness because she's losing energy through that experience, which brings her into more deficiency, which agitates her system more, which then brings up that kind of yin deficiency style of, of sexual expression. Um, but for me, the main thing is that we have rushed women so deeply in their mm. body to the point where she doesn't know she works any differently. Mm. So now she rushes herself, even in self-pleasure. She's rushing herself because that's all she possibly knows yeah. and if she was just to sit still and be quiet for a moment with herself that may be too confronting or she may have to feel all the numbness that's there yeah. and, and that can you know that can be not such a pleasant or exciting experience but i feel like we've kind of stolen her from herself in that way by by not taking the depth of time that's required for her body and her feminine orgasmicness which is not horny um for that to start to open to the surface but that's just my experience through mm -hmm. the work i do but yeah i'd love for you to share what it is i mean it's my experience to. too but i i will i will say i don't i find myself being a bit more the odd one out amongst women where I sometimes do, you know, I check in very deeply. I know that this is my truth and I feel pretty comfortable with it. But occasionally, I, if I just like sort of project out of myself, I can have these moments of self-doubt. Like, and that's what got started into like, oh, I don't really feel like I'm not like horny versus erotic. Like, yes, I experience myself as a very erotic being. I don't experience myself as a horny being. Um, or even like, incredibly sexual i mean i am sexual i'm very i can be very sexual but i need something to inspire me into that um and i guess i mean some people could argue that everything inspires them into that so then i go like oh maybe i'm just that's like a place of evolution for me so it's like as a woman i'm just i'm sharing all of this because i'm sharing all my intimate thoughts of like the moments where i doubt like oh is this good is this not good like what, what how is this different 
Um, and I do think, I mean, ultimately what I can rest into that feels good is that everyone is a little bit different, but what you are saying is there is a rushedness and there is a way in which, and I see this in clients so much where they, their experience is outsourced. Mm-hmm. So they're not having an experience. So it's the same, like what you were talking about with the men. Like the women are also often because we grew up with like body image stuff and magazines and the way the the porn stars look and everyone is moving, but they're moving and watching themselves through the lens of the other person or the world seeing them. So whether it's Instagram, like their community watching them, whether it's a man on a date watching them or their partner watching them they aren't having the experience of how do I feel in this moment, in this outfit, on this chair, eating this food. It's more, how do I look or how, how do I present? How am I being perceived? Yeah. Am I, do I tuck in more? And I've had this conversation countless times with very beautiful, like mature women who still are like, I catch myself doing the thing where I suck my belly in or where I only show my good side of my face or where, you know, that all this behavior. And that's why I dedicated so much of my life to embodiment is in our embodiment practice, it's all about follow what feels good, not what looks good. And the more you start to get into the lifestyle of actually following what feels good instead of what looks good, the less you're outsourcing your the your image of yourself or your experience of yourself but the problem is then social media came in and we went right back into the selfie culture and into this you know this thread of narcissistic behavior that we all have where it's like me 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 which then means i'm people are watching me so now i'm very conscious of how am i being seen and perceived and so that if you think that does not translate into the bedroom Okay, <laughs> like that is 100%. You're bringing all of the ways that you filter on Instagram into the way that you filter in the bedroom with a man, mm-hmm. for sure. Or whoever you sleep with, but you know, here we're always talking about men and women. And mm-hmm. How archaic of us. Well, we're just, we speak to the hetero couple, mm-hmm. primarily. I mean, a lot of these things can apply to anyone, really, but... I do think it can most apply to a man with a woman. I feel what you said kind of loops perfectly back around to when you asked earlier on, what does it mean for like a man to be an insanity? Mm. Well, I feel this is a a woman, a part of a woman's version of it. Mm. When she has prioritized how she's perceived versus being deeply in like rhythmical contact with her own undulating on a moment-to-moment basis. That's how she removes or lets go of her insanity and comes back to what the truest thing is for her. Mm. And, you know, that's honestly, that's been the most challenging thing uh, from a male perspective out in the world connecting with women Mm. is... That is the most common infliction that that women are are living in. There's this level of self-hatred that is just like very sneakily being cultivated under the surface where it's almost though she's unaware that she has a disdain for herself and that she's cutting her body open and pumping yeah. stuff into her. Like it's it's so normal. 
mm-hmm. that it's become so normalized that there's almost no avenue or channel to speak directly to it and to bring the love that it requires yeah. and the acceptance that it requires. So I feel if we can bring that into our lovemaking or sex or mm-hmm. intimacy with one another as men or women and keeping it really simple, yeah. so like that's where the most profound experiences will come is like when things are just deeply simple and ordinary and both people are just being very present. You know, I started thinking about like breast implants and all the other things that I don't even know the names of, I guess the Brazilian butt lift and I don't know, there's, you know, all the different cosmetic things um, where, I mean, my general, very conceptual cognitive stance is like to each his own, right? Like if you're totally. someone who likes to wear this type of an outfit, great. That makes you feel good. Good. If you want to get breast implants, cause that makes you feel good. Cool. But I will say that a lot of women who have had breast implants, many of them who then had explants and took them back out, have come to me and shared that it never felt good. Doing yoga didn't feel good. Having sex didn't feel good. Um, There was a lot of pieces that it actually messed with in their own experience. But of course, you know, they felt better because they looked better, which is, again, the the problem it's a symptom of of the problem in itself which is that again we're outsourcing our experience to how do i look versus how do i feel yes right and then it's like okay now i feel good because i look good that's still outsourcing to how you look instead of how you feel because if you're you know getting your breasts massaged or sucked or whatever and you're not really having a good experience of it you're like, but they look good. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, wow, that that's where we're prioritizing things in society. Right. And I think that also, okay, I'm going to say one more thing. I'm on a roll now. Um, I was also thinking about, as you were talking, how by women being less embodied and prioritizing what other people perceive of them as instead of how they feel, what happens is society has lost the oracle. Because so much of the feminine body, which, you know, could be also in a man, like it's, I don't think that it's like specific to female physiological body, but there's something about when we feel ourselves deeply, we're more connected to our intuition, right? We can guide and mirror and reflect in a more transparent and truthful way what the collective is showing us, what the man in front of us is showing us, what the village needs you know, that sort of thing, the metaphorical village. I get, I get that we don't all live in a village. And so without the Oracle, what's happened, we now just have like political leaders who are leading us, like as, as humanity into the future. And then we're like, oh, something feels off. <laughs> Why is there so much insanity? It's like, well, we lost the compass in that process. I agree. Yeah. And that compass is also in men, right? Like it's like we each compass in a different, slightly different way. But I I believe it's, I mean, I'm curious what you think, but I believe it's the feminine in all of us that is the compass. Even if we were to remove that word, the feminine, Mm. it's it's the presence in all of us. It's Mm. it's can we feel the nature in us? Are we alert to the seasons in us? The the season of today, the season of this morning, are, are we feeling beings or are we leaning 
and leading from our mental constructs, which can generally be influenced by kind of anyone with an opinion. So uh, I would kind of go to say that, yes, it's deeply in women and it's also very deeply in men. It's just deeply in humans when we're in contact and when when we can be present and when we can actually relax into our somatic experience as individuals, we are going to be a lot more connected and we're not going to make wilding out brash decisions that are impulsive and chaotic and that's there to feed our sense of lack because we'll feel full. So I, I feel when as a collective we're able to relax back into ourselves in a way where nothing else has actually worked and it's exposed itself to be insane and to be anti-life it's through the giving up and the relaxing back into just the reality of what we are and our mortality that we can start to make a lot more loving and compassionate and integrated decisions but it, to me everything that goes on is is there because of a person's lack of internal beingness and sovereignty mm. and it's just distraction and it's eating us um but yeah i also completely agree with, with what you said and the way that you said it mm -hmm. um well yeah. it's interesting because of course it's the you know the yin yang the me we it's the feminine masculine the whole all the polarities where you speak to the sovereignty because of course as a man like that's probably a little bit more um just present for you but i also think for me when i drop deep into feeling i drop into the we i drop into union i drop into communion i drop into like community the the, the circle mm -hmm. um and i feel the what does the circle need what does the village mm -hmm. need what does the family need what does the unit need totally. so of course i'm feeling myself and there's a sovereignty piece in it there's like I'm, i have to feel myself to then feel the right the environment i think we're just community. speaking to different stages of it so for mm -hmm. me i understand that i cannot be of benefit to the community mm -hmm. if i myself am deranged and delusional like I have to first get right with me, then I'll be able to hear the community or the union or the people around me. Yeah. But also, I mean, yeah, what you're saying is that's that's the most impactful level once it starts to spread through through groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the quality of any union is going to be directly connected to quality of relationship that that person has with themselves. That will dictate the. Hundred percent. The entire union, the entire community. And that's why we're so sick as a society. Like it all loops back, right? It's like it's like a full spiral. It's like because we don't have enough people aware to feel the sickness and to speak to the sickness and to be like, wait, something like is not right. And then the not rightness continues to di disconnect us, which then continues to have us not speak to the thing. And so it's just getting worse and worse. And now we have what do they call them npcs i think non-player primary characters that's the new crazy trend i was trying to tell you about on is TikTok. it a gender what it's literally impossible to explain in words <laughs> like oh, you so just like, have to see it so like mostly everything right now <laughs> <laughs> it's like so people are like npcing on TikTok, and then we've got like 
it's just, it is, it's actual insanity. You're 100% right. We're, we're just so disconnected and going so out there. It's like, what is even going to bring us back? Like we need. Well, the fact that we overcorrect so deeply into insanity, like I really trust this period. Mm -hmm. I trust the fact that it's only this heightened because of the level of uh, realignment that's going to be coming in. Right. That'll be, you know, beautiful and simple and aligned and, but I feel with any any level of increase in energy, it, it like everything comes up to the surface. It's so. gotten crazy. Yeah. Do you want to tell people more things? Do you? Is there any topics or areas? I gotta say, without coffee in my system, I feel I'm way less talkative than usual. I can't tell. Are, am I talking less than usual on no. our other podcast? No, I'm still talking. Yes. I will always be the extrovert and teacher who has things to say. That's me. But let me tell you, it's definitely harder without a little, little, oh, it's Dennis. The squirrel is back. The squirrel is eating his own tail, it looks like. Is that where they store things? No. He's just in his tail. I don't know. What are you doing? He's, he's just cleaning, himself. cleaning himself. He's being loving with himself. Mm. Okay, well, see, he knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I guess, that's a message that's being channeled through Dennis the Squirrel right now, which is it's your responsibility to treat your own insanity first. It's your responsibility to look after your, your energetic hygiene. Lick your own tail. Lick your own tail. <laughs> don't, don't take that. The, yeah, people are going to. I don't know how they'll translate that one. Well, I definitely know there's some people on the planet who identify as being squirrels, probably, or have tails, or identify as having tails. I believe they're called furries, or yeah. yeah I don't so, know much about that subculture. So I doubt any I of them are. To it. I don't think any of them are listening here. But <laughs> if you do happen to be one of those folk, then clean your own tail because no one's going to clean it for you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel feel we might be complete for today. This non-caffeinated episode brought to you by a little bit of tea. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for listening. We hope this has been a benefit or at least just amusing and entertaining to some degree. Anything you want to finish on or do you feel complete? I feel complete for today. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you. Ciao. Bye. If you enjoyed the guest on this episode, you can head on over to the show notes to get more info on their bio, their work, their website, and all the good stuff. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show and I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munla.